Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Hey there, tech stuff listeners. This is Jonathan Strickland, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about something cool going on at How Stuff Works right now. I know all of you guys are really creative and you love technology. Well, now you can show us what you're made of because Toyota is sponsoring a new photo upload widget over at HowStuffWorks.com. You can share your gadget ideas, modifications, hacks, some great tech ideas. Show us what you're made of. Let us know how creative you are. You can go to www.how stuffworks.com slash upgrade your tech and upload those photos now. We want to see what you got. Get in touch with technology with tech stuff from howstuffworks.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as is typically the case, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there. So, uh, Chris. Yes, Jonathan. Y- you you know how to read, <laughs> I'm assuming. Who told you? I was about to say. Otherwise, your editing job has been a complete sham, <laughs> which also I, would explain the quality of my articles that go up on the site. I, I just I just delete every once in a while. I go in and delete random right? letters and <laughs> stick other letters like, in there. I just look for red squigglies in the in the uh, in the uh, in the file, and if I see any red squigglies, I just go ahead and right click and choose the first option <laughs> to <laughs> correct it. There are far too few cues in this article. <laughs> so uh, poor little cue. That that was my attempt. At, at, at introducing our topic today, which failed miserably, but today, <laughs> today we wanted to talk about the uh, the recently, as of the recording of this podcast, or the recently announced new suite of Amazon Kindle uh, gadgets. Um, Amazon had a big event in early September 2012, the day before we were recording this. Actually, yeah, the day before we recorded this, they had their event and they announced the. Um, the new line of Kindles and Kindle Fires. Uh, I was actually quite sad that they didn't, because there are now different versions of the Kindle Fire beyond you know Wi-Fi only and 3G versus that sort of stuff. Now we have two different sizes of Kindles, right? Yes. Kindle Fires. So I'm kind of sad that they didn't go out and try and differentiate the names a little more with like, the Kindle conflagration or the the Kindle burning <laughs> sensation that I think those would have really helped out a lot, but uh, sadly that's um, that's not the case. Yeah, I actually was reading uh, one of the the live blogs of the event as it was about to start, and somebody had suggested one of the the uh, I think it was on CNET's uh, forum had suggested that they go with other uh, um, alchemical elements, you know, like the Kindle water <laughs> and uh, you know Kindle Earth. Well, that would be interesting, right? Yes, ah, oh, alchemy. So, smoldering. So uh, they they did launch, or, or at least they announced the launch of several new lines in the uh, in the whole Kindle family of gadgets. And of course, if you're not familiar, the Kindle, the original Kindle, was uh, an e-reader mm-hmm. with e-ink. Uh, e-ink is this kind of cool stuff that has a charge on it. When you apply a magnetic field, you can have either a blank side presented toward a screen or a uh, dark side, not the character from Superman, uh, but a dark side presented toward the screen. And so you, if you think of it like each individual uh, tiny element of this e-ink is like a little sphere, Yes. Right. And mm-hmm. one half of the sphere is that sort of light gray and the other half of the sphere is, is black. And by applying the magnetic field across the, uh, the, the, the bottom of this, uh, display, you can choose which side gets presented to the viewer. And that's what creates the images we see. So it looks like paper. It's not a backlit, uh, screen like an LCD screen. Um, you're not having uh, that kind of, of approach. So that's why it looks more like words printed on a page and you actually need an external light to be able to read it up till now. <laughs> well, they, uh, that's one of the reasons the, the uh, e-ink Kindles and the e-ink is a, a company yes. up in Massachusetts. Um, and uh, they were the ones who really got into this. Um, this stratagem of, of trying to, uh, uh, 
you know, do the do the ink like this. Um, one of the reasons it's so efficient and the e-ink readers made by multiple companies, not just Amazon, um, is because all, all that needs to happen as far as an electrical charge is uh, reversing or, you know, charging the, the uh, substrates of material inside the screen. So once that's done, it can stay that way without needing constant electrical charge like uh like a tablet computer would. Right, it doesn't have to maintain power to the screen in order to keep it at whatever you last put it at. So mm-hmm. when you turn a page, then it it uses up power. It you know, it says, "All right, well, I'm got to turn this page. I got to change the orientation of these individual uh uh elements, these mm-hmm. individual points, the the e-ink itself." But once that's done, Everything's cool, which is why why e-readers in general, not just the Amazon line, but e-readers in general tend to have incredible battery life when you compare it against tablets because they're not – they're not uh, consuming so much power. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you turn the Wi-Fi on so that you can browse the web or yeah. order new books or whatever, that can drain the battery a little faster. So um, most of the time when you see like the estimated length of time you can use a Kindle before recharging, it almost always says with Wi-Fi turned off. Mm-hmm. Now, those screens can't be backlit. Um, which is both uh, a good thing in a way and a bad thing in a way. Um, you know, you don't have it, – it offers uh, very good resolution, this mm-hmm. type of screen, um, but uh, it, it, it doesn't allow for that uh, illumination, which is why if you had, uh, let's say, a, a first or second generation Kindle – you would still, and you wanted to read in the dark, you would still need some kind of light yeah, to shine on that. Yeah, a lamp or a book light, yeah. Um, so, you know, that that's sort of where we're coming from. Um, right, but now now Amazon's introduced a new uh, entry into this line of products called Paperwhite, mm-hmm. which um, I first thought was, uh, was supposed to be Paperweight, but that perhaps they got Eliza Doolittle to make nah, the announcement. Paperwhite. Nah. All nice. I want is a paper white somewhere. Um, anyway, paper white is the new Kindle. Uh, and although a lot of the older models are still also available on Amazon and have been marked down in price as a result of the new announcements. Mm-hmm. But paper white has a, has a light incorporated in it, although it's not a backlight, still not a backlight. Um, which is good because one of the things that I like about e-readers is that because you don't have this backlit uh, screen, it seems, it feels easier on my eyes. Yes. Than reading something that's on a screen. So, what they have done is they've created uh, a fiber optic cable, essentially, except that they've managed to make it a flat screen. They're using fiber optic technology, but they've created a flattened screen. The fiber optics guide light down onto the screen. So, the light's actually coming from above the screen onto the Kindle and being reflected back so that you're seeing the, a reflection of that light, not the, not the, uh, not a backlit screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, when I saw the demo of this, uh, on some video that I think I saw it on The Verge, maybe, um, I, I was really impressed. Plus, I thought, wow, this is, this is really cool. I just got a Kindle last year and I'm already thinking maybe I'll upgrade. <laughs> well, uh, I actually have been using something with a similar technology, mm-hmm. um, for, you know, Traditional paper books, um, the uh, the light wedge, which mm-hmm. uh, uses LEDs, but it's basically a, a, a wedge shaped piece of uh, clear plastic. Uh, I think I'm, I'm guessing it's probably Lexan, um, and it's got uh, LEDs mounted at the side, and so you lay it across the page of your book, and it illuminates the entire page without shining directly onto the page. And I I find it uh, very nice to read by. Um, this this message not sponsored by uh, Lightwage. I actually went out and bought one. Yeah. Um, they're not paying me, but uh, but it, I imagine that the uh, the effect is very similar when you're looking at a uh, uh, the Kindle Paperwhite. Um, 
because it it does, like I said, a very similar thing, although it's using a different way to achieve that effect. Um, it is very pleasant. It, it's not a, a bright light shining in your eyes, and that's um, that's going to make it easier to read. Of course, now um, Barnes & Noble has a similar type of device for its Nook line of e-readers, mm-hmm. but I don't believe it uses the same technology as, as the uh, Paperwhite, and as a, as a result, it's thinner. Uh, and in comparisons that I've read, early comparisons, um, they said that the uh, the Paperwhite is a thinner uh, machine, and it can it, you. It's not as obvious where the light is coming from because it is, you know, uh, the using the fiber optics and allows Amazon to keep it um, more, uh, you know, unobtrusive. Let's say. Yeah, and it's also uh, it's also increased the resolution of the screen. The screen is going to be even more crisp than the previous Kindle mm-hmm. um, models are. That it displays at 212 pixels per inch. Yes, that's the or the equivalent thereof, and um, that's much better than earlier generations of the Kindle. I mean, the other ones are you know 170 or, or fewer. So it's going to have a nice crisp look to it. Uh, it's also got a capacitive touchscreen. So mm-hmm. instead of you using some buttons on the bottom to to navigate the uh, the device, uh, you're actually going to be using Touches and of course capacitive touchscreen for those just just quick uh, roundup here. Uh, essentially, it's applying a very weak electrical charge across the screen. When you touch the screen, that uh, effectively it interrupts that that electrical charge. You you can you conduct electricity too. So when you touch it, uh, there's the the device can figure out. Oh hey, there's an interruption in the electrical field. It's coming from here. That means that they want to execute this command because that's what um, is connected to that part of the screen. Yeah, I mean, that's a very 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 bird's eye view of how capacitive touch screens work. But that's generally how they work. That's also why when you are wearing something like gloves. Um, you aren't interrupting the electric field. It's not conductive. So therefore, you that's why you can't necessarily um, navigate a smartphone or tablet while wearing gloves unless it happens to be those special gloves with the conductive fingertips. Yes. Yes, we know those exist. Or you're, <laughs> or you're using a hot dog. Uh, there are people who've done it. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, it's, it's got uh, two gigabytes of storage. Mm-hmm. And um, it's multi-touch as well, not just not just a touch screen, but multi-touch. Um was there anything – there's something specific I want to talk about with the paper white, but I want to see if there's anything else you wanted to. Well, I did want to mention that uh, the the uh, the simple readers, let's say, not the, the tablet-style Kindles, right. um, the Fireline, mm-hmm. um, there were there were four entries before before yesterday's announcement officially. The, uh, the regular Kindle, the Keyboard 3G, and the DX, in addition to the Kindle Touch, the paper white basically re- – um, Replaces the Kindle Touch right. in that line, and the other three are still available. Those, those are, are are things that uh, the keyboard on the DX, which is the uh, if you will the magazine size, right? Uh, the larger nine point seven inch. It's more uh, comparable to an iPad in size, mm-hmm. um, uh, and the the keyboard on the uh, the six inch uh, screen key, keyboard three G. Uh, people are are complaining that. Uh, you know the the paper white doesn't have the uh, the keyboard. People like the physical keyboard on it. Um, well, you know me; I'm a physical keyboard kind of guy. You are that that kind of guy. Um, also, it it has no audio, right? Yeah, um, on the paper white. So you're not going to be listening to Audible, you know, books from Audible or, or anywhere else for that matter mm-hmm. on no on podcasts this. on this. Um, however, it does include their WhisperSync technology. Really. Which uh, we'll get into a little bit. Um, that that really plays more in with the uh, Kindle Fire line, but we'll we'll talk about WhisperSync when we get to that. Um, yeah, the thing I wanted to mention was their Time to Read feature. Oh, okay. Did you read about this? Um, no, I don't think so, I did. Actually. So Time to Read, what it does is it actually times how long it takes you to read. Oh yes, a page. yes, yes. I did. I do like that. I don't. <laughs> because I don't want to learn how slow a reader I am. There's gonna there's gonna be some sort of nerd bragging rights going on. Like, oh, it took you you know twenty minutes to read that chapter. I read it in seventeen. You slow slow reader. Well, everything's relative. You know, when you put down your book and go to make a sandwich or something well, like that. The whole purpose of this, well, not the whole purpose, but one of the things that the time to read feature allows you to do is. 
you know, the, the, what happens is the Kindle, it just times how long it takes you to read, uh, various pages. And after a while, it kind of builds up, a, a an estimate of what your reading speed is. So let's say that it's late at night and you are on the second book of the Game of Thrones series. I can't think of anyone that this would apply to besides myself. Um, no, but you, you sit there and you've just read an awesome, uh, Sansa chapter. And then the next chapter is a brand chapter and you love brand, but it's late and you're wondering how long it's going to take you to read this chapter. The time to read feature would give an estimate of how long it would take you based upon your average reading speed to get through that next chapter because it'll look at the beginning and end points of that chapter how many pages that is and give you that estimate. So you could say, oh, it's, oh, it's only going to take me another 15 minutes to read this. That's no big deal. I, I'm just podcasting tomorrow. What do I care if I'm a little extra tired? And so then you go ahead and you read about it and Bran is awesome. Yeah. Uh, this can apply to books other than the Game of Thrones series. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm still waiting for, uh, uh, George R. R. Martin to make him a baker by the end of the series so that we can have Bran muffins. Nice. Uh, Anyhow, waiting all that time to say that, and, and not all that time. Before we should, uh, before we move on, we should also say that they they did release uh, prices for these these oh, devices, yeah. mm-hmm. and so the paper white comes in. Technically, it's it's four different models. There are two that are are uh, Wi-Fi only, and two that are three G. The Wi-Fi only is one hundred and nineteen dollars if you do the one that has these special offers. Uh, selection. Yeah, basically you you get a a cheaper device in exchange for them showing you advertising. Right, it's an ad supported device. Mm-hmm. So you get ads when the device is in its uh, off mode, and occasionally you get it when you are uh, uh, navigating through stuff, not in the middle of a book, or at least as far as I know, they have never done that where your actual reading experience is interrupted with an ad. I've never mm-hmm. had that happen. Meanwhile, back at the castle, hey, have you ever had a problem? Right. But at, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Like, like, dragons getting you down? Call Bob's extermination service. Uh, so the, that's, Shouldn't that be George's? It could be. Uh, so yeah, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi only with the, uh, with the ads is $119. But if you wanted to get it where it was not ad supported, where you have yep. no ads, mm-hmm. uh, it's $139, so it's $20 more. The 3G model is a little more expensive. Now 3G, you get free 3G service with this. So that way when you have your device out in the wild somewhere and you're not connected to Wi-Fi and you want to get that next book or you want to browse a blog or whatever, um, you can access the the network through a 3G connection, and you don't have a contract. You don't have to pay for it. Right. But that's at 179 with special offers, and 199 without special offers, which to me is very interesting, considering the base price of the new Kindle Fire. Because mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, this is the e-reader. The paper white's the e-reader, so you can do some browsing with it, but it's very limited compared to a tablet, and it's of course using an e-ink screen. So you're, you've got a black and white screen, um, and it's not as responsive. You, they, they've increased the speed of which uh, the uh, the Kindle is able to present pages to you. Yes, but it's not as responsive as a tablet screen, an LCD screen. So I guess with that we can move on to the uh, the new versions of the Kindle Fire. Yeah, that's actually interesting. The uh uh, Amazon's press conference uh, refreshed only a small portion of the the regular Kindle line, just the uh, replacing the touch with the paper white and and uh, leaving most of the other Kindles alone. Well, they they did keep the basic Kindle uh, just at the lower price, but the uh, the Kindle Fire line um, they added a a couple new, well, two and a half new devices entirely. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. First I guess we'll start with the um the Kindle Fire that's more it's it's, it's in the line of the 7-inch tablets, the smaller one. Yeah, and uh, I think it, in a way it it really kind of set the standard for the 7-inch tablet because mm-hmm. so many other devices and they they kind of touched on this in in the uh in the press conference that uh Android tablets there really wasn't one that found a foothold. Like for example, every once in a while a, a, an Android phone well, you know, one model of phone will really take off like uh, Samsung's uh, Galaxy S3. Yeah. It's is huge right at, again, right around the time we're recording this. But the Kindle Fire, 
uh, has the lion's share of Android tablets, and it set the uh, – I, I think it sort of set the screen size at seven inches for the popular Android tablets now. Right. But uh, uh, they decided to um, to update this model, and uh, there are two different versions of this. There's the 16-gigabyte version and the 32-gigabyte version. 16 is uh, going to be at 199 mm-hmm. and the 32 is at 249 So what's interesting to me is that the 16-gigabyte version is $199, which is the same as uh, if you're getting a 3G Paperwhite unsupported by ads – it's that's also 199. So you've got an e-reader, which some people would say is a very limited device compared to a tablet, where you can also do reading on the tablet. It's just it's not the like e-display. Um, you've got the e-reader and the uh, at its highest setting, I guess, and the Kindle Fire at its lowest, uh, priced the same, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, because again, if you are are presented with that choice. Which one are you more likely to choose? The tablet that does all the stuff or the, the e-reader that does one thing but does it really, really well? Yeah, and I think there is a contingent of Kindle fans who are going to be just fine with the, the paper white at that price point because they're going to want the, the illuminated screen and the higher resolution and they're not going to care about all the stuff that the tablet does. I agree. I mean, you know, as much as I, I express skepticism, I own both a Kindle and a tablet. Yes. So, and I do all my reading on the Kindle. I don't, I don't read on the tablet. I just stare at the web and say, talk to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I'll read websites, but I don't, I don't read books or magazines on the, uh, on the tablet. So the Kindle Fire uh, HD, this this seven inch tablet, it's got a dual core Texas Instruments processor in it that's uh, 1.2 gigahertz. Mm-hmm. It's a little less powerful than the one that's on the larger tablet. And it's got a 1280 by 800 screen resolution. So that's, uh, that's the, just the basic specs update to that Kindle. The other interesting line of products that Amazon introduced was a slightly larger tablet, uh, which is uh, an 8.9-inch screen as opposed to the uh, 7-inch screen. Yeah, and they uh, they cleverly named that the Kindle Fire HD 8.9 inches. Yeah. Yeah, it gets a little – it gets even more crazy when you get to their top-of-the-line product. The 8.9-inch screen really means that this – particular tablet is sort of going into competition against Apple's iPad. Yes. Whereas the 7-inch screen is more uh, in line with some of the smaller tablets on the market, like the Nexus 7 from Google or the Nook. The Nook uh, tablet, yeah. The Nook tablet from Barnes & Noble. So, um, But this one looks like it's really taking aim at the iPad, uh, which they called in their press conference and in their their information online the iPad 3, although Apple just wants us to call it the the iPad, the new iPad. Yeah. Yeah. Which is going to be so confusing after next year. I, I hear rumors, by the way, that the new iPhone will be called the new iPhone. Really? And not the iPhone 5. Interesting. Wait, by the time this, this goes episode live, goes live, we'll know. It, we'll yeah. know because, yeah, the, the, um, the, the press conference for that is literally the next week <laughs> from now when we're recording. So you guys are all rolling your eyes, but for us, it's still a mystery. Anyway, uh, the 8.9 inch screen. It is a little more powerful. The, this device is more powerful than the, the other Kindle Fire. Yeah. It has a 1.5 gigahertz dual-core processor from Texas Instruments. Uh, and it's also got an SGX544 3D graphics core that can process over 12 billion floating point operations per second. You're scaring me. Yeah. It's got a gigabyte of RAM. It's got a 1920 by 1200 display. And it has 254 pixels per inch. Which puts it in in spitting distance of the iPad, which has two hundred two hundred sixty four pixels per inch. Now that's the that's their Retina screen, right? The iPad Retina screen has two hundred sixty four pixels per inch. This new Kindle has two hundred fifty four, so it's really close. Um, and they also were touting some of the stuff that they have that the iPad doesn't. For example, dual band antenna. Mm-hmm. I found this particularly interesting to me uh, for a couple of reasons. One is that you know the whole point of a dual band antenna is they have an antenna that's dedicated for the 2.4 gigahertz frequency and an antenna that's dedicated for the 5 gigahertz frequency. Yes. 
The idea being that should you go into an environment that has a Wi-Fi network and they have a router, a wireless router that's uh, essentially broadcasting on both of these frequencies, you have the ability to switch from one to the other should one of those frequencies get jammed down with a lot of traffic. Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of devices out there that have a wireless uh, uh, antenna for uh, that, that's for the 2.4 gigahertz frequency, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that means a lot of people, if you go to, say, a coffee shop, that's the great example. You go to a coffee shop that's got free Wi-Fi, and everyone there has got a laptop and or a smartphone and or a tablet, and they're all connecting to this one network. Well, that's a lot of demand put on that one network, especially if they're all going for this one frequency, the 2.4 gigahertz frequency. Right. Now, if the network has both frequencies broadcast, then you can switch over to the 5 gigahertz, which has less traffic, which means theoretically you're going to get your data much faster than you would on the other antenna band. Yeah. Um, I thought this was interesting because I always – whenever I read these things, I think of it in, in terms of my own experience. Uh, I don't leave the house much. Yeah, I avoid it when I can. Uh, so when I think of when they were talking about, oh, it's got it's got a dual band antenna. It's go, it's so much faster getting the data. What, what's going through my mind is, for me, the bottleneck has never been the device. Yeah, the bottleneck has always either been the cable modem or the router. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't matter how quickly the device can get data if it's not being delivered fast enough on the other end. Mm-hmm. So it didn't even occur to me like, oh, well, what if you are happy to be, what if you happen to be out and about with a whole bunch of other people? Then it totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm a hermit and I hate people, so I don't do that. Although it would have been very handy this past weekend at DragonCon because all those smartphones and all those geeks' hands just clogged up every single network. Yeah, yeah. So there are there one of the things that well we should probably talk about the uh, the other machine. Oh, the LTE model. Yes. Now it was it was funny in the in the presentation because um, uh, Amazon's founder and and uh, uh, guy in charge Jeff Bezos was uh, sort of funny about it. it. Was like, well, you know, the price point of a tablet this size is about five hundred dollars. Yeah, and, was it referring specifically to the new iPad? Oh yeah, that's it. The base model. The base model of, of the of new, of the new iPad. iPad. And they said, well, what could we do if if we were to design a tablet at that price point? What would it have in it? I mean, can you imagine the amazing magical things we could include <laughs> in this tablet for that price? We could put unicorns and Sasquatch and, <laughs> and 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 it could dispense candy. I mean, the way he was talking, it sounded like the only reason the iPad is that price is because Apple is the the implication is that Apple is greedy. Yeah, and that they're saying the price high so that they have this incredible uh, uh, profit margin when it comes to selling an iPad versus Amazon, which famously sells stuff off at a loss because they are using it as a conduit to all the content they own. So thinking that if they sell you the they they talked about it. their tablets are part of a service they're not just a standalone device yeah so when they're selling you a tablet they're really selling you access to the Amazon service right so uh, so yeah it was there was there's a little snark in that part of the presentation yeah. about how well if we had a four hundred ninety nine dollar tablet what could it possibly have in it and so then he told us yes yes it was the uh, uh, LTE, which yes. is uh, long-term evolution. That's what the LTE stands for. It's uh, one of the many for well, one of the few uh, really supported uh, 4G communications technologies, right. wireless communications technologies, and it's uh, been very much in demand here in the United States uh, from phone providers. People are are excited about seeing the uh, the speeds, internet speeds, data speeds improving on their uh, wireless carriers. So this is a a huge deal. Well, a Big deal. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I can't think of another tablet right now that supports 4G. Um, yeah, I'm sure I'm there, to think I'm sure there are others out there and I'm sure our listeners are screaming at us right now, but it won't, uh, yeah. it won't be long before more of them do this. Yeah, but it'll they're be standard. They're, they're coming to market underneath, um, Apple's price point for this technology. Um, and, you know, this is, this is going to be a selling point for this particular device. Yeah. Now, what Jonathan was saying earlier, uh, is, was one of the main, uh, focuses of this event was 
you know, hey, we're Amazon, we sell service. And that that's what they were they, – they weren't shy about – uh, promoting this. Now, they didn't say, hey, we're selling these devices at a loss to make it up no. uh, when you buy no, books from us. They didn't say that explicitly, but, but you know, based upon, you know, there are people who take these things apart and then they estimate what the price of yeah. manufacture is. And in almost every report I've read for the Amazon Kindle past, it's one of those things where the price, the cost of manufacture and the price that they sell it at are so close as to be, uh, you know, it pretty much means Amazon has to sell it at a loss. Yeah, I think what was it the uh, the the original Kindle Fire when they first released it, they were making a profit of something like two or three dollars on it. And this isn't unusual. I mean, we've seen this also. Like, oh no, Microsoft did this with the Xbox 360 and the Xbox. Yeah, the I'm pretty idea sure being Sony that, did too. Yeah, Play, the Playstations and Nintendo as well. You're talking about yeah, the console itself is priced a little lower than what it would be if you were just selling that to make a profit, but you're hoping to make up for it in whatever the services are down the road. Yeah, it's uh, it's the old Gillette model, as they say. We should also t- say that if you were to get the LTE model, first of all, there are, again, four different models of this 8.9-inch d- display version. Yeah. Right? So there's the there's the Wi-Fi models, which have a uh, – there's 16-gigabyte and 32-gigabyte versions. The 16-gigabyte is priced at 299 which is incredible, right? A 16-gigabyte Wi-Fi um, is – that's that's very attractive. 32-gigabytes at 369 uh, Then if you go to the LTE, the 32-gigabyte, which is their base model for LTE, they said, oh, well, you know, you need to have a lot of space on this thing if you're going to have all this speed and everything. Well, sure. Which we'll get to again in a second because there's another problem here. But 32 gigabyte base model is at 499, and then they have a 64 gigabyte version at 599. So those are your your four basic models. One of the other things about that LTE is that you have to pay fifty dollars a year to get the LTE service. Hmm. So that's on top of the price of the device. It's not like the 3G service that that's free. Right. The 3G service on the paper white, which is completely free, it's not like that. So you uh, now it is provided through Amazon, but you have to pay Amazon 50 bucks a year to have that service. So the device the base device costs 4.99 plus $50 per year so that you can get LTE. Here's the other thing that I think is a big sticking point. They have a data cap on the LTE data transfers. Of 250 megabytes. Hmm. So that means you can't, in a month, you can't do more than 250 megabytes of uh, transfer on LTE uh, under this plan, which is kind of crazy because, I mean, even if you read Amazon's uh, stuff about why they needed so much space, like the whole idea of here's a 32 gigabyte tablet. Why do you want 32 gigs? Well, because a standard definition movie is 500 megabytes. A standard definition movie is 500 megabytes and your data cap is 250 megabytes per month. You start to question, what are you using that LTE for? It would mostly be for things like browsing the web, doing social networking stuff like Facebook, Twitter, that kind of thing. Those are low demand data, uh, uh, features, right? You're not, you're not churning up a lot of data, getting on Twitter and posting, Hey, I got my new Amazon. Kindle. Yeah, if you were if you were just downloading books from from Amazon, that's, just ebooks, yeah, that's not going to That's not going to be that much either, but if you wanted to download or or stream a movie or whatever and you're on you're out and about and you don't have Wi-Fi, you're going to run up against that 250 megabyte cap pretty quickly. So, you, you, it to me there's a question. If you if it's $500 to get the LTE model the base LTE model, plus $50 on top of that to get the LTE service. Mm-hmm. And there's a 250 megabyte cap on that per month. Is that really worth it? Or should I just go with the 32 gigabyte Wi-Fi only model for 369 You know, I, I, I save about $150 that way, a little, mm-hmm. little less than that, but around $150. And let's call it 130 So you save 130 bucks, and you're not paying for this service uh, and you don't have to worry about data caps because you're only using it on Wi-Fi. Is is the convenience factor of LTE worth it, e- considering that 250 megabyte cap? It's not to me. Right. That's my personal opinion. Now, for other people, they may say, 
I like the idea that I'd be able to get books. I like the idea I'd be able to do, do you know, the social networking, the web browsing, all that kind of stuff. That's what's important to me. I totally get that. And that makes sense. And I have nothing against you guys. I'm just sitting there thinking like, well, I mean, how much would I be irritated if I had to find a Wi-Fi hotspot? But on the flip side, I don't have to worry about data caps. Yeah. And honestly, you have to think about this. I mean, it's not... It would probably be more of an issue if you were planning on, say, buying one of these to uh, allow your kids to watch movies as you're driving across the country. Right. That would be an issue. If it's buying it for yourself to use, say, at home or take it with you to work, want you to watch something on your lunch break or uh, take it to the park, um, you're probably not going to be using wireless as much as you would Wi-Fi. I yeah. would guess. So it, it may be sort of a moot point depending on what you're doing with it. Right. So right. I think I think if it were me, I would I would be in the same boat. You know, I would say, well, you know, I'm not going to – I'm frankly just not going to use this on the move that much because, um, you know, I've already been cited several times for trying to watch movies while I'm driving. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. They keep saying that, but I don't understand what the problem is. The real problem, Chris, is It's just is that sheet metal. It's because you like – foreign films so much and the subtitles are very distracting you know i all those people with whiplash i don't i don't get no i'm i'm, I'm teasing but yes uh, yes but yeah i mean but it is an, an interesting selling point and it will be kind of i'm kind of curious to see whether this becomes a thing um there are some other things to note about the uh the fire hds um the the Stereo sound. Yep. Uh, with Dolby Audio. Yeah, Dolby Auto, Audio dual stereo speakers. And I, I kind of wonder how how effective that is. Oh, well, just because they're really, really close together. Yeah, that's that's exactly the reason. You've got two stereo speakers that are by necessity close together because they're inside a tablet device. How effective is that? Now, granted, we should both say neither of us have had our hands on any of these devices yet. So we can't speak from personal experience. Yeah. However, I do imagine that uh, you would have a more, depending on how you situate the tablet, I imagine you will have a more robust audio experience with yeah. it. Um, they, they have it's some... It's not just a crappy little one-speaker device. Right, right. They, yeah, they put quality speakers. It's not, it's not this little tinny thing that no. you know, barely can gain any music out or whatever. But there are limitations to speakers at that right. size and that close together. There's some other cool new features, too, that are more on the service side. Yeah. Uh, the, For instance, the X-Ray That's features. exactly the one I was going to mention. Yeah, now X-Ray, this is kind of a neat idea. The idea being that, or, and, and this comes from the idea of having a second screen type thing like how many people when they watch television for example have a second screen in front of them so that you know they're they're either doing work or often they see something on the screen and they think that's interesting i want to know more about that for me it's always i know this person what else have they been in i i uh, i've noticed this with my friends for years now and uh, actually google did a report about this uh came out just a, a few days ago as of when we were recording this about how people use multiple screens and that's you know not just a tablet and the the TV it could be a smartphone and a computer you know multi screens and uh, working on multiple things at once and even even in recreational use as you said you're going I I know that guy yeah who is that and you'll pause whatever it is and go look it up on the computer and people just keep that nearby yeah and, so uh, so what Amazon has done, is they've incorporated that as a service directly into the Kindle experience so that let's say you're watching a movie and you tap the screen, it'll bring up information about the people who are in that movie. It'll bring up an IMDb page and, and Amazon it, owns IMDb, right, the so, internet movie database. So that lets you, that lets you look up more info and learn more about it, but it's beyond just movies. They also do it for books. So you yeah. might click on a book and you learn more things about the chapter. You might even learn contextual stuff that is uh, mentioned in the book. For example, let's say I'm reading uh, The Devil in the White City, which yeah. is uh, it's Eric a Larson. fantastic book. Highly recommended. I have no connection with, with the author whatsoever. And but, I still haven't um, read it yet. So. Fantastic book. Well, it, it has two lines of, of plot. 
essentially. Yeah. This is a nonfiction book. Yes. And it follows two different things that were happening around the same time. It follows the um, the murderous exploits of Dr. H. H. Holmes, who mm-hmm. was one of uh, America's first serial killers. Terrible story, but also fascinating, especially for people yeah. who are interested in criminal psychology. And I think that Stuff You Should Know, I think, actually covered Holmes's uh, death house in an episode, if I'm not mistaken. Creepy. But then it also follows the Chicago World's Fair, which yeah. was being uh, uh, was being put on around the same time as Holmes's uh, deadly activities. And we've mentioned that on our show before. Right. And so these two different stories overlap a little bit, but yeah. but it goes chapter, you know, each chapter kind of alternates. It goes from Holmes to the World's Fair to Holmes to the World's Fair. And if you were to read this, say, on a Kindle Fire and you had the the X-ray stuff and it was all set up there, you might be able to be, you know, you could be reading a book about this and you read a paragraph about a particular person during the World's Fair who did uh, some architectural work. And you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. I wonder more if there's any more about him. You could tap the screen and pull up information about that person or go to a link on an article about that person so you could learn more about them. And, of course, this applies to you know, anything, not just, not just that book. That's just using that as an example. But it also will give you information about the book itself. So, yeah. so not just information that's in the book, but about the book. So you can, uh, if you're curious about certain things like what else has this author written, um, or, you know, what, what sort of, uh, other books are like this one, you can find that kind of stuff out too. Uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. And they're also offering it for textbooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is nice if you get really intrigued about something that you're you're working on in class, uh, you're a student and you're you're getting into something. You go, you know what? I'm I'm curious about this. I'd like to know more. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a really neat idea. Uh, I also like the uh, the whisper sync for voice. Yeah. Which is cool. Like if you're reading a book, uh, let's say you you commute by by rail, um, and uh, you uh, you uh, get to the station, you're about to get in your car and you've gotten to an interesting point in the book where you can plug your, uh, your Kindle into the sound system of your car and listen to the audiobook being read to you as you drive. Yeah. So this is a little different from, you know, the earlier Kindles, a lot of them had the speech to, uh, the text to speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was sort of, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't an ideal experience. Now in this case, it's syncing a text-based version of the book with an audio version of the book that's been read by a professional narrator. Yes. So it's this is an actual voiceover person. Sometimes it's the author, depending upon yeah. the audible mm-hmm. or the audio book. I keep saying audible because that's where I go for all my audio books. But if you you know it'll it'll sync those together so that when you left let off from one, let's say that you um, you, you like Chris was saying, you just finished reading a section and you're really interested. You can queue up the audio book and it's going to pick up right where you left off with the text version. Mm-hmm. So that way you can continue reading this book in two different forms um, and not interrupt your experience, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah, they also have a uh, whisper sync for movies, books, and games. Yes. Of course, they, they've had it for books for for a long time, but uh, but yeah, I mean, if you you. Uh, change devices or even with the games, if you're in the middle of a, uh, a level, it will pick up where you left off. And it says, uh, the Amazon site says even if you delete the game from your device and you decide you want to go back and do it again later, then you can, you can reload it and then they will remember where you are. Of course, all this information is stored in the cloud, which is another, uh, selling point. This is another service selling point for Amazon. Um, the 16 or 32 gigabyte, uh, Kindle fires, um, you know, they, they have that limited amount of onboard storage. I mean, they're, that's a pretty decent amount, but mm-hmm. they also, as they advertise, uh, if you download music or movies from Amazon, they will allow you to store that and, uh, it, it's basically free storage. Yeah, store it in the cloud for free. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't necessarily count against the right. amount of, of course, I guess if you take it with you and you don't have, uh, streaming service where you are, you, you know, you go to the beach and you're right. You can choose well, attempting I to mean, watch a movie on I, bright sunlight and I've color used, screen. I've used these services on, uh, yeah. or very similar services on other devices. And the way it generally works is you can choose whether or not you want a certain track to be streaming only, or if you download it to a specific device so that it's available even when you are, you know, not a not in a, a networked area. 
But yeah, that's the idea is that that way you can store stuff in the cloud doesn't count against your your uh, devices on board storage. Yeah. Yeah, and they also have a uh, screen time thing for parents that uh, yep. as of right now uh, is not available but will be uh, shortly. Uh, so they say in October of 2012 where uh, if you have uh, uh, kids who are going to be using it, you can set the amount of time that they are allowed to use it to prevent them from uh, uh, going over their time. So I guess that means they have multiple users for the tablet. You can also set it so that um, certain certain functions will be available longer than others. So in other words, you can set it so that watching a movie or television or, or playing a game on the device, uh, the kid might have an hour worth of time or right. two hours, whatever. Um, uh, but then if they want to use it for reading, they can use it for reading for another four hours. Yeah. But they can't use it to watch movies or whatever. So that's kind of interesting that they've, they've got that sort of granular amount of control for parents. Yeah. So that they can shape their kids into the automatons that they need to be so they can re- <laughs> lead us in the future. But I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, of course. I, I also don't have kids, so I, can, I make very cavalier statements. Um, what about immersion reading? What did you think of that? Um, well, I, I don't know a whole lot about immersion reading. I'm still it's, catching up on some of these. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Immersion reading, it synchronizes an audio and text uh, experience of a book so that you are hearing the book as you read it. So ah. in other words, you have the text version of the book in front of you, and you also have the audio version playing at the same time. And the idea is that for certain people, and it's people from all different areas, sure. uh, they they retain information and learn and um, get more out of an experience if they are both reading it like themselves and listening to it at the same time. Yeah, that they 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 have a a more rich experience with that book. So there, for I think it's uh, something like around fifteen thousand titles. Yeah, it's available right now. Where That's you what can, Amazon says. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought that I had read that. I didn't have it in my notes, but I, I recalled that that number being bandied about. But yeah, the idea being that you will read a book while it's being read out loud at the same time, which I I, I can imagine particularly being useful for kids uh, who are learning to read. Yeah. Now, if you're if you get some books that are not as uh, Complex, something like The Hobbit, which was a book I loved as a kid. Yeah. Still do, technically. All right. So I, I still love it. But as a kid, I particularly enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but that would have been an interesting thing where you could listen to the book as you're reading along. Uh, and like I said, for some people, this is apparently the, the, the ideal way to experience a book. Yeah. So yeah, there are a lot of new features that are uh, being launched with this. Some of them are going to be compatible with the old Amazon Kindle Fire. Uh, some are going to be available only on the new models, mm-hmm. um, just because they're more, you know, they're, they're they're more advanced. They have the specs to handle it. Uh, so we'll see how this does. I imagine that these are going to sell very well. Amazon always positions itself very well for the holiday market, and. Uh, uh, they already are on pre-order. They went on pre-order the day when they announced it. Mm-hmm. And I imagine, although Amazon also does not tend to release sales figures. True. So we probably won't know how well they'll do, but I'm sure that they'll do pretty well. Um, so, so Chris, theoretically, let's say that you had the ability to buy one, any one of these devices. Which of them appeals to you most? Like you could only get one of them, but you, you could choose whichever one you wanted. Well, I, I admit, um, see, I'm, I'm sort of torn, frankly, yeah. um, because like you, I own a tablet, but I don't own an e-reader of, of any type. So I'm, I'm fascinated by the, uh, the paper white simply because mm-hmm. um, I would kind of like to be able to have that reader experience. Uh, that said, I have enjoyed uh, over the, the past while that I've owned my tablet uh, and enjoyed having it available to read books on and do other stuff too and having one device that does it so i mean if i had to choose one if you were going to hold my feet to the fire i would probably go with the uh the 8.9 inch hd without 4g because i just simply don't need that connectivity on the go so clearly you go with a 32 gigabyte because you can have any of them yes so you go with 32 gigabyte wi-fi only 8.9 inch hd that is correct all right that's what i would do that's 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 the correct answer oh okay for for you uh i would go with the paperwhite and the reason why I go with Paperwhite is I love my e-reader and I would love to be able to um, 
to to upgrade that because yeah. uh, I do like I do like the idea of having the onboard light there so I can read yeah. in the dark and that kind of stuff. Um, so I and I really just like the features of it. Although I am a little hesitant with the capacitance touchscreen as opposed to a physical keyboard, that does give me pause. But the reason why I I shy away from the Kindle experience is that um, is it's it's a bias. It's a and I fully admit is it is a bias because the operating system for the Kindle Fire is a forked version of the Android operating system. Yes, they took an earlier build of the Android operating system as their foundation and then spun it off. Mm-hmm. So it's really its own thing, but it at its root, it has Android. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I love the Android operating system, but I prefer to have a more uh, inline operating system, like one that's that's aligned with Android uh, more directly. Yeah. And, uh, and it gives you a lot more flexibility with your device. That's one of the complaints some people had about the Kindle Fire is that it doesn't give you as much flexibility as some other tablets do. Now, granted, you can work away around, uh, around that. You can hack a tablet and and uh, you know essentially jailbreak it so that you can use it in any way you like loading on other operating systems things like that but for the average user that's that tends to be outside their grasp you mm-hmm. know someone who just wants to buy something and just have it work well if you love the amazon's uh the system then this is a great fit and i do love the amazon system it's just that all of my stuff lives in google Mm-hmm. So that's why I love the Android op- operating system for my tablets. Yeah. Um, that being said, I think these devices look really, really attractive, and their price points are phenomenal compared yeah. to some of the other stuff. And I do think that's going to – well, w- there are rumors that uh, in the event that you already know the outcome of, but we don't, uh, that right. there may be uh, an, an iPad mini announced alongside – the iPhone. Which will make you wonder how much that's going to cost. Because the iPod Touch, if you go with the most advanced iPod Touch, that's more expensive than some of these tablets. Yeah. I, so I'm starting to wonder if Apple's going to be forced to start to lower the prices somewhat on tablets. Yeah. I mean, it does make you wonder. They do they do really well in the App Store. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they make a lot of money through the App Store. So it's possible that they could take that route, but we don't know. Oh, of course, you guys do know. So uh, you can go nanny nanny boo-boo at us. And if you would like to do that in an email, you can say nanny nanny boo-boo in an email to techstuff at discovery.com or say nanny nanny boo-boo on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle at both of those is techstuffhsw. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. See, guys, I told you we'd talk to you again really soon. That really soon is right now. I'm just reminding you that we have our photo upload widget live on the site at www.howstuffworks.com slash upgrade your tech. Toyota's giving us the chance to let you share your creativity. So send us those pictures of your modifications, your tech ideas, those gadgets that you've created, all those hacks. If you're steampunking everything in sight, put on your goggles and show that to us. We can't wait to see them. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?